You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. Oh, we're going to do a podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, I guess that's a good start. Tom is just introducing us. Uh, Mike Fligelman sits in today because uh, Al's off. We did Rascona yesterday, which was kind of fun. Uh, Fleegs, what's up? Not much, Jerry. The this newly is married Fleegs. Yes, life. Everything changed the other day. Said I do, and you know, I felt changes. it. Right. Well, that's what everybody keeps asking you. How do you feel? How do you feel? I feel the same. Yes, just like on your birthday. Do you feel any different? Nope. Right. Especially like maybe it used to be different because, you know, old time, you know, whatever. I've lived with my now wife for almost four years. We've been together a long time. So it's a Nothing formality. Changed. Right. So really, just another night out. Pretty much. Kind of cool. That was the cool, right. It wasn't even that. It was like, oh, here's 300 people in the room for the first time in a couple of years because of COVID. And That's true, too. I haven't seen this group of people together in forever. Even, you know, the fan people who had retired, It's I haven't seen these people in so that long. That felt like a long time. With seeing Tony, seeing Harris, and even Bob. That felt like when I first saw them that I hadn't seen them in 10 years. That makes it because you probably hadn't in at least three. I've seen Harris and Bob since everything happened, but yeah, I have. I've talked to Tony on the phone a bunch of times, but that's the first time I've seen him yeah. since like 2019. Like I talked to Beningo yesterday about playing. Oh, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday about playing golf. And I got off the phone. I'm like, my God, when was the last time I saw Joe? Because he, so if you think Were about it. Were you not it, here when he filled in last year? I wasn't. I no. ran into him just in the hallway. So you have at least seen him. He says he's in great shape, which I'm happy to hear. Uh, one thing that came up on the show today that I thought was interesting. Well, a couple of things. We can tackle the radio station stuff first. But the other thing was I heard someone bring up the kidney stone situation. So you're how old now? 30. You're just 30. Have you ever had anything remotely close to kidney stones? No, and I will tell you that is one of my worst nightmares. Yeah, I've, I've had I've known brutal. You know, older people who are older than I am who have had them. And I have a friend who I won't name, but he's right around my age, maybe give or take a year. And he had them recently and talking to him about them. It's horrible. Like, dude, I was even texting with Anthony Gallo during the show. He's off, but he was listening. Like, top two fears, being buried alive and kidney stones. Uh, I'll take the kidney stone over being buried alive. That seems terrible. Um, but the kid, I've had kidney stones twice and both times passed them. I didn't have to have them blasted. They weren't, you know, golf ball sized or anything. Because some of these stories you hear are just hideous um they're brutal though and i was for me i think i had i had kidney stones right before i got married so probably 97 98 ish so i was in my early to mid 20s and you think like oh my god am i dying like what's wrong i'm some young this shouldn't be do i have a cancer and it turned out it was kidney stones i knew the second time what it was because it felt the same as the first time but i will tell you that is probably one of 
probably not the most, but one of the most painful things I've ever dealt with. The other one, and this is why if you ever get an infection, go to the doctor to get the antibiotic. I had a cyst under my arm. It wasn't in the armpit, but it was more up like on the, where they, look where it bends. And I saw it was red, what it kind of tucked underneath. And then one day I woke up and it was really red and the, it, the redness was spreading and the pain started to hurt. So I went to the doctor and they're like, listen, it's a cyst. It's got to come out because it clearly was leaking or something. I don't even know what we got to get it out. The problem is the, um, what do they call it? The, to numb it? When they numb your, what What are they? What the hell is I, it called? I don't even know what it's called. When they numb an area on your body. Oh, whatever. Well, I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of anesthesia. That's when they knock you out. Yeah. That, that. Anyway, you got my point. They're like, it's not even going to work because it's so infected. So they still gave me the so needle you to see. you're going to have see. to deal with all the pain. It was horrific because you not only did I feel it, you felt the needle go in, which hurt. Then you could feel the, the whatever the hell it's called, go in. But it didn't do anything. And then they start cutting off. Oh, this is this is terrible. All the all the medical stuff, but especially kidney stones, because of obviously the area where you pass it. Just for me, is just total nightmare. By the way, you know where I passed the kidney stone the first time I had it? In Astoria, at the radio station. Yes, in Astoria, at about I want to say. So I was was I anchoring? No, I wasn't anchoring yet. No, I had to. But so you know what? It wasn't when I said it was probably right around two thousand one because I was anchoring and Ray Martell was on the board, and I remember telling Ray. If you hear screams from the bathroom, I'm good. And, and that's, that's what also happened. when, of course, you have to be back for the update every 20 minutes. Yes. Now you can maybe I told get away be with ready. that. I told them be ready. There was nothing I could do, and I had to go in with the little strainer cup and the net. Oh, God, was that just awful. That Was that like, you know, take a sick day? Like you Were you like Scazzeri back in the day, like no matter what? Um, Yes and no. It was they told me it could take up to three days to pass. So what was I going to do? Just sit home. I was on medicine. I felt fine. Unfortunately for me, it the first night I had to pass it. Um, and that's just kind of the way it went. So you're tougher than me. I wouldn't be here. But also when I work alone in the overnights, I would have to take off. No, because for sure. If, if I miss it, that, you know, Sal, all right, you just, you just got to keep going. That's a different deal. I'm not there to take a break. Yeah. yeah, that's a completely different deal. But to answer your question, I was like Eddie. I never faulted someone for calling out, ever. I never. But for I don't know why... My, I don't, I don't know. I've never thought to take off to be if you're sick, because I always figured you can power through it. It's not that big a deal. Now, when you get on the air, it's a little bit different because you could sound like crap. Um, and I have a couple of times, but like when I used to work in a warehouse, I worked at a liquor store. I worked at a, um, uh, what do you call it, a supermarket overnight stocking shelves. I never called out for being sick. To me, it was like just power through and then take an extra day next week if you want as like a vacation day. And then, I don't know, because to me, like, if I'm going to be off. Hmm. Yeah, well, so there you're getting the extra day eventually. You're taking I would that, take right. it, yes. But Eddie, to me, is, and I've talked to him about this, I think he's an ass for that. That's the I'd love him to death. I think he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Might be the smartest person I've ever met. But in this case, he's an idiot. Well, I remember still the first time that he took the sick day. This is back Boomer and Carton, so you guys would all take off together. Yeah. I got a call from him. It was later in the day. I was going in to see a show in the city. Mm-hmm. It's like four five o'clock and i get a call from eddie i'm in the hospital yeah might need you to fill in for me tomorrow not definitely need, might but need you to come in at 12 hours about that is he only went to the hospital after he battled his way through the show wasn't the same the product wasn't the same because he wasn't sharp because he felt like complete crap and when he went to the doctor the doctor said get your ass to the hospital you're lucky you're still alive stupid like for what why 
Right. Well, it makes and, no sense. And now we live in a world where Eddie Al will just take off uh, whenever they want. Boomer and Gio are here. You're um, here. Eddie and Al are off. No, 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 no. Hold on. That had nothing to do with anything. That has to do with that was Boomer and Carton. So right, right, right. for the first, I want. So but I just st- mean in general, Eddie is no like he still loves the show, cares about the show when he's here. Right, what he's hundred percent committed. What I'm saying is you're wrong on the whole vacation thing. For I started with them in 2009. The first five or six, seven years, it was we're off when the show's off. That's it, and that's how we did it. Craig started all of a sudden taking random days, and it was like, what happened to if one's off, we're all off? And he had so many different things going on. Then all of a sudden, him and Boomer started saying, well, if you're going to take off when you want, I'm going to plan my vacation when I want. And that's when they started taking off random weeks. Then the guys were like, well, hold on a second. Why am I? Why is my summer tied to you now? And so I would say that was had nothing to do with, that's different. Where you're talking about Craig fractured that. And that's where, the, and to be honest with you, it's better. In the summertime, it was hard. We'd sometimes wait until mid-May to find out when we were going to be off. And then you got your wife at home with your kids. When are we going to Disney? I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't take off till they tell me I can take off. Well, and then you're in a tougher spot than Eddie and Al because you have the kids at home. You want to plan, like, the right. big family vacation. Right. Yes. And I wasn't hosting at the time. I had no interest in it, which was fine. So I didn't care, but could you just give us a little more notice? The way it is now... I like. I really do. I love the way it is now because Eddie will give me his days at the beginning of the year. Al gives them to me pretty early so I can plan my entire, you know, say it's 2022, I can plan the entire thing out by like March or April. Big difference. Very big difference. There was one other thing on the show. Oh, the other thing on the show today was the Buchanan caller. So you've been doing that a long time, screening calls. And I I heard G say to, you know, Brian, like, you know, you got to sniff. How? How are well, you supposed thing, to I, figure out He that? took the Bill Buchanan call with you in the warm-up. I was yes. in there with Boomer. I took the guy with the chicken. I don't know how I'm supposed to sniff that. Because the guy who ended up being the caller after that gave a very serious call about how he raises them too. The roosters can be very aggressive. You never right. know. They'll attack you. They he could have had the same joke. This, but they also, they basically told me the same thing when I'm screening them. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I've done that before. And that's really, there's two ways you can do it. You can call up, say, first name, what do you want to talk about? And just put the guy on hold. Or you can try and screen them a little bit. And if they don't break character, there's nothing you can do and about like, it. And, like, listen, I, especially because I do the overnight, there are a lot of guys that you can stiffen that because a lot of these prank guys, they're really bad at it. But the ones, like, I don't know if his real name is Steve, but he goes by Steve. Probably not his real name. He's, But he's really good at it, and he's committed to it, and he knows this is how I have to sell it to whoever's screening my call. And this is what I say when I get on the air. I thought he was funny. Like it doesn't. I think that doesn't phase me. I don't get upset by that. Hey, good for you. Go be. Who cares? And like you said, sometimes he'll give you like a really serious sports call. He was, and he was then a good he'll call. just throw it in at the end. He was. His call was actually tremendous. Well, I shouldn't say tremendous. It was a good call. And then it was like, hey, but one more thing. Sure, what's up? Go Buchanan. Oh, good. For, yeah, whatever. he doesn't call the overnight or the late night into overnight hours as much now that Steve is retired. Yeah. But we used to get him a lot, and most oh, of the he time would go after Steve. Like, but four out of five times, it would be a completely normal call. And then the fifth time, he would throw it in. And then, you know, sometimes there, Steve would get mad. It's like, all right, he's off the show for a month or whatever. But most of the time, it would just be a regular sports call. And Summers wouldn't even notice. Right. Why, why would you? Right. What? Um. How many? So I used to do the overnight, too, a long time ago. What person? Not percentage. How often do you get the drunk calls, or do you not during the week? Is that more of a weekend thing, would yeah, you say? Yeah, because I used to do the weekends, obviously, when I was part-time. During the week, you don't get them a lot. You'll get them 
with holidays. Like one thing with, yeah. with the holidays, it's weird. Like working the morning of a holiday is not that bad. It's working the morning after a holiday. Like the morning of July 5th after July 4th, that's when there's not a lot of calls because people were out all day in the sun or whatever. They're out that night and you get the drunk callers or the prank callers. There haven't been that many with the drunk guys lately over the years. It's it's died down a little bit. And the pranks, for whatever reason, I don't know if they're all hanging out together, they come in bunches. We had one time. Yeah, well, I think what happens is when one guy gets through, if people but are I'm listening. I'm telling you, even if like the other uh, one day this week with the morning show, they kept calling and none of them got through. Really? They just they kept calling with different numbers, little different voices. Now, with the Google voice thing where you can change your number, that's made it a whoa, little bit of whoa, a nightmare. What? No, I don't know this. What does that you mean? Can, you can just get a completely different uh, generated number randomly. And call from it? Over and over. Now, the thing is, again, when I'm on the lookout, I'll Wait. get a million calls in a row from a first-time caller. So I have an idea this might be the same group of people. Wow. We had one time where Joe was working, and I didn't know what to do with it, and I put her on anyway. A girl called up. I think she thought she was calling PLJ. And she clearly had had a few drinks. And she was looking to request a song. And so I started talking to her. And she I forget who she was asking to talk to. I'm like, well, no, Joe's here. She goes, I don't know Joe, but I'll talk to Joe. I said, okay. And she said, you know, maybe all girls sound cute, whatever. And I put her on, and Joe had a, had a blast. It was fine. It was fun. It was light. And Mark came in. He goes, what are you doing? I'm like, I, I don't know. She said she wanted to talk about the Knicks. She, goes, she didn't want to talk about the Knicks. Why'd you put her on? I'm like, I don't, it was fun. And I, if I remember, we were rare that Joe would struggle for calls. Very rare. But I remember that night it was a little slow. So I put her on, have some fun. Yeah, something. Well, do you remember, this is like within the last year or two, the girl who played the flute, because she ended up calling the morning show and she told Gio about it. You guys tracked down the audio and you found it. I don't remember. I don't remember. But anything. she calls Steve and does like a med point. She, I forget the name, but she's definitely, she's in, maybe Laura, Lauren. She's in San Diego. And oh, yeah, yeah, I she's, do know right, this, yes. so, But she sounds like maybe a little spacey, but again, it's California, right. you know, San Diego, maybe a couple of drinks at night, maybe something else. You never know, whatever. But she wanted to just do a Met call, and she does this Met call for two or three minutes just talking about the Mets. And then she says to Steve, can I play a song for you? He says, okay. I think this is also during COVID, yeah, everybody, yeah, so, yeah. so whatever. And she plays the flute, and I ended up hearing Why'd you put her on? Ha! She didn't tell me, hey, you know, WFN, what's your first and la- uh, first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, I really want to play Steve a song <laughs> at a key on the flute. Like, can we have a little bit more respect for how we're trying to do the job back there? Yeah, but that's, unfortunately, people don't care. I, I'm with you. I agree with you. Oh, no, no, no I'm you. saying they get the questions from the people here who know, like, obviously that's what if I'm I get that. I, I, I understand. Some don't, and I don't know how they don't get it. But that's also like Meanwhile, nothing. It ended, up, it ended up being very funny and at a time where there was nothing going sure. on. But that also goes to the point. One thing that used to bother me as a board op or a producer, whatever I did for a couple of years before I started anchoring, it used to annoy me when a host would make them. And we've we've talked about this when a host would make a mistake and you don't correct them because maybe you're not sure either. And then a caller calls up and corrects them and then they come in and yell at you for not correcting them. I think like, hold t- time out. You're the, it's your show. You're the one making a lot more money than I am. You're supposed to know that. I'm not. Well, it also, would drive then, me nuts. Then they go nuts sometimes. You're like, you'll say, Aaron Judge hitting 279. Someone will call up. Yeah, he's hitting 278. Like, yeah, oh, I'm not going to waste my time correcting the holes because, of course not. You know, That's I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not an ass. Like, that would be, it, that would just be insane of me to do that. Yes, agreed. But sometimes, sometimes, I think we're at a pretty good place right now. Sometimes some of the hosts are a little bit, um, 
a little bit needy. Uh, well, and we've also had hosts in the past. I'm not going to mention any names no, even no, no, on the no, podcast. No. No. We've had hosts that don't love if you correct them. Well, yeah, that's probably true too. So, Especially and if you, they're and wrong. And you've done it from both sides. You've been oh, on yeah. that other side where if you correct a host and they don't respond well to the correction, even if it's something that, all right, this one's kind of glaring. I ha- We have to maybe sure. say the right thing. They tell you, hey, don't say it again. You're, all right, I'm going to sit there quietly. Which is not, fine. Not and my show, this, not my problem. And once that happens once, I'd be done. Oh, forever. I'm, yeah, absolutely. that could be a host I could work with t- for 20 years, and I won't give them a correction ever again. Yeah, because they kind of made their bed. Right. And now they lay in it. So what are the plans now? So you married Friday. I know you went to – by the way, how awesome is California when you go to those Dude, stadiums? I, I love, and that's why it's funny. It people great? keep asking me about the honeymoon. Yeah, I wish we were kind of on one now or could sure. take one sooner. But the fact that we just got to do that, I had never been to L.A. before. I'd been to San Diego – but to just get to do all of that, we packed so much into a couple of days. Three baseball stadiums. Dodger Stadium is like, uh, they call it Blue awesome. Heaven on Earth. It's it awesome. might as well be. Disney, Studio Tour, Hollywood. So I feel like we just, and we did it together. So it's not yeah. like I did that with buddies for a bachelor party. I feel like we just got the trip together. We'll go to the island or wherever, sitting by the pool when it's cold out here. Like, we both live in Jersey. Parents have pools. It's nice out. We're going to the Met game this weekend. I don't need to be away when I can just go lay by the pool 20 minutes away from me in Jersey. Which comes back to my point about the show and taking off. It used to drive us nuts that we could never, ever, ever take off except in the summer. It's like you want to actually go away in January once right. in a while. And also, like you saying stinks. going with the kids, I've been yeah. to Disney in the summer. You can have fun, oh, but sure. you're going to be walking around in sweltering 100-degree heat Hot with as the balls. sun beating down on you. There's yeah. no question about that. And as opposed to going in March, when it can still be hot, but March is beautiful. Oh, I've gone like April for spring break. Yeah, it's same beautiful. thing. Same thing. What I would really like to, I want to go to spring training this year. I've been saying that for years. Have you ever been? And you, yeah. When I, my I'm dad sure you've taken the me. It's, I got to go down for one day. I just made it out of time. I sat in Newark Airport for 14 hours. Flights are delayed, oh. delayed, delayed. Canceled. Another one canceled. Ended up taking a lift from Newark to JFK in the middle of the night to catch the last flight out of town. But I got to Port St. Lucie. Game was at 110. I think I sat down at like 111. I think Chris Bassett had thrown one wow. or two pitches. So it was just, wow, no kidding. That sucks, though. I went, my dad took me for my 18th birthday. We went to Vero Beach, where the Dodgers were at the time, and Port St. Lucie. And I've been saying I'm going to take my kids every year. And the problem is they play baseball. So it's really hard to go. My only chance, and calling Rutgers in Columbia for the last 17 years. Right, February and March. It's, you're it's out. tough. Yeah. Now, there have been little windows to go. But then it doesn't sync up with their basketball or baseball schedule. It's or really if, you know, tough. if you want to go to a certain location, team might be at home one day, roll for the sure. other. You can oh you know, for sure. Yeah, it's but tough. Yeah. To, it's tough to get down there for multiple days. I really this I got to this year. I have to. I'm gonna do this year. We've we've decided we have to try and do Thanksgiving in Dallas again, which we haven't done since '08. Um, and I want to get to spring training, so we'll see. All right, well we're done. That was cool. Um, yeah, no, no, no podcast tomorrow. It's Friday. Well, maybe we'll see. Uh, thank you. If if you don't do it Friday, I can head out of here. Wouldn't be the worst thing. No, I hear you. Understood. Or I can keep you here. <laughs> you do. You do have the right. You do the see a thing at the end. Coming up next is going to be the uh, the show this morning that we did. Again, don't tweet me. Al wasn't here. Different type of show. I enjoyed it. Hope you do too. That's coming up next. Mike has something to say. So, is that good enough? A little more. And Rascone was it. embarrassing yesterday. Yeah. Well, I like I know the style, but the way Al does it, it's like, it's a tough from from. From, from the, the stomach gun. all the way through. Sure. Better. All right. Good morning, campers. Ow.
Al and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, here we go. It's 5.02. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's Thursday, Thursday, and that's a little bit more like it. Brian Rascona, what is up? Michael Adam Flegelman, what is up? Al Duke's not here. He's uh, in Atlantic City. We'll get to that in just a moment. So we fly solo until 6 o'clock. Boomer NGO then. Uh, great to have you with us. And I say that uh, that's more like it because yesterday we called it pretty much a loser day. It was a loser Wednesday because a very rare night on Tuesday when both the Mets and Yankees lost. Uh, back to normality last night as both teams win. Boy, the Yankees just mauled the Pirates. More on them in a moment because we're going to get to Hal Steinbrenner and some of the things he said yesterday to the media as well. But we start with the Mets from this standpoint because you've got the Atlanta Braves continuing to win games. And last night, for I would say not a good portion, but at least a solid portion of the evening, you at least thought that the lead in the NL East was going to be down to a game and a half because you had the Cardinals doing zilcho, nothing, nada against the Atlanta Braves, who win yet again 26-7 and now. Since January 1st, Braves beat the Cardinals last night 3-0. Meantime, you had the Mets just kind of toiling around, doing a whole lot of nothing. Yeah, they got the run in whatever it was, the fifth inning or so, uh, to make it a 3-2 game, maybe the fourth inning, excuse me, to make it a 3-2 game. But the Reds and their staff were giving the Mets nothing. And along came the ninth inning. You did not get great at-bats from the two big guys, but... What you did get was a quality, quality, and what they would say, a clutch at bat in the ninth inning from uh, Starling Marte. Gets the game even, and then in the 10th, the Mets blow it open, and they wind up beating the Reds last night 8-3, to and the lead remains at two and a half games on Atlanta. Now you've got the Marlins coming in this weekend. You've got a four-game series. But what the Mets did last night by coming back and winning that game was kind of what they've done all season long. They refuse to quit. They get the big hit when they need it. Not every time, but they've done it a lot of times this year. And they got a series win against a team that they had no business losing a series to. So at the end of the day, yeah, you would have liked to have swept it. I understand that. But two out of three is fine. You cross it off the list, you move on, and you move on to the Miami Marlins coming up later tonight. What has been absolutely amazing, though, during this run has been what the Braves continue to do, and they simply don't lose. Max Fried pitched well. I think he left the game with tightness in his back, but Max Fried was good again last night. They get a couple of home runs, and they're beating a Cardinals team is pretty good. And, you know, you give them a lot of credit. Now, we talked about this yesterday in terms of the Mets rotation. We said, what would the Mets do if, in fact, you wanted to give Max Scherzer the extra day to you pitch him in Atlanta Monday? Now, I don't know that that's the reason for it because the Mets will tell you it's Chris Bassett coming off COVID list. He's better. He's good. They re- re- rearranged the rotation, but it does look like Scherzer will start Monday. The concern for me or for a Met fan would be this weekend, do not be thinking about the Braves. You've got to go take on a Marlins team that, you know, a lot of people will hear, oh, the Marlins are coming in. They stink. You know what? They actually don't. The Marlins are a decent baseball team. And if you are not careful, you could find yourself splitting or even losing three out of four this weekend. You've got to take care of the task at hand. And I think that's where we come back to who's leading the team and, you know, that the, the leader at the top and that that calming voice and keeping the team in focus and, and having and being on point with what is in front of them, directly in front of them. And that will be the Marlins starting tonight. And that's Buck Showalter. You know, Buck has been 
by all accounts, and I think every Met fan would say everything you've envisioned so far, the team is 20 games over 500. Sal and I discussed this the other day, and it's so true, and we'll get to the Yankees in just a moment. If it wasn't for the Yankees, the Mets would be owning this town right now because they're 20 games over 500 and one of, if not the best team in the National League. I'm not sure what the Dodgers did last night, but you get the point. Like, they're right there, tops in the National League. And yet, because the Yankees are a complete juggernaut, I don't want to say that we're overlooking the Mets. We're not doing that. But they probably aren't getting the due that they otherwise would if not for the Yankees. So, Mets-Marlins tonight. Braves on Monday in Atlanta. A very, very big stretch coming up for New York as they are approaching the All-Star break with whatever it is now, 11 games to go, something like that. And they've got a great opportunity here. This can go one of a few ways. They can kind of play 500 ball and find themselves possibly behind Atlanta by the end of the season next week. They can overlook the Marlins, have a lousy weekend, and then who knows what happens in Atlanta, and they could find themselves behind a couple of games next week. Or they could go do what they've been doing and continue to win series. If they take three out of four this weekend, two out of three in Atlanta, they are going to be in really good shape as they head into the All-Star break. You would think, but I think one more series thereafter, maybe two, whatever it is. Um, but it's all in front of them right now. And they have it's funny how for the majority of this season, it has been all positive for the Mets. And yet these next seven games will tell a very different story depending upon, or a similar story, depending upon how they go. And then the Mets will have an All-Star break that will either be incredibly enjoyable or they'll be sitting there saying, how did we get here after that start? And I don't know that there's too much in between. So that's the Mets story. Good win last night. Good comfort behind win. If you're just waking up, you see 8-3. Oh, they handled the Reds. No big deal. No, no, it was a big deal. And the other part of that is, so Al Dukes is down in Atlantic City, and he texted me yesterday. And usually when he goes down there, uh, it's usually once a summer, sometimes twice a summer, he will text me, hey, going to go to the sports book. What do you think tonight baseball-wise? So I said, tonight's an easy one. You're going to, because he said he was thinking Mets and Yankees both coming off losses. You know, the Yankees and Pittsburgh, come on. They're not losing two in a row to the Pirates. And the Mets going to bounce back in Cincinnati. So I said, I agree with you. The one thing I would do, though, is I wouldn't just take them on the money line. Let's take them on the run line. We go a run and a half, minus a run and a half on both of them. Now you wake up and you say, that was pretty smart. Yeah, except when you find out that the Mets were losing 3-2 in the ninth inning, had to score five runs in the 10th to actually clear it. But a win is a win is a win. We ain't giving the money back. And I even said to him, I said, I will do exactly what you're doing, and I will go to my BetMGM app, and I will place that bet as well. So I think a, I think I bet $35, and I won $140 or $138, something like that. So it was a good win. It was a good win. And I, I'm assuming he placed the bet as well because he did text me, the bet is in. So we had a good night. I hope he had a good night down there. The one funny thing, and this is what kills you about Atlantic City. So I think it was around 4 o'clock when he texted me about the baseball. And then he added, by the way, playing roulette, up 275 bucks. So I wrote back, Al, enjoy the hell out of it. Don't give it all back, though. Two hours later, oh, I gave it back, and I'm down 400 bucks. So hopefully he got some back with the Mets and the Yankees. The problem for Al is, my guess would be he bet like 10 bucks. He might have won $35. But whatever. He does what he likes to do. As long as he's having fun, all is good. And we were winners last night. Also winners last night were your New York Yankees. And by winners, I mean winners. How about not one, two grand slams in this game in the late innings in the eighth and in the ninth innings you had, um, which is kind of cool. 
You had Aaron Judge and Aaron Hickson in Grand Slams. Really put in. The game was done anyway. The Yankees were up 5-0 going into the 8th. There was no way the Pirates were coming back in that game. At least I wouldn't think and didn't think. They're, they're a young team. They're not a great team, as we know. The Yankees are. Well, they wound up bludgeoning the Pirates. 16-0 was the final score. And it's just it's another day in the life of the Yankees. And it's funny. This radio station, Sports Talk, We've talked about this so many times. We are essentially complain radio. It's because when things are good, people don't really call up to yap about their team because what is there to say? The Yankees won a game last night, 16-0, a laugher over the Pirates. If you're a Yankee fan, I mean, you can call up. And by the way, Brian, we're going to do same as yesterday. We're going to call it three quick calls. That's it. It's three calls after the first break, 877-337-6666. Mets or Yankees related, whatever you want. I'll even take a Durant call if you'd like. But that's it. That's the segment. When Al's not here and I do this solo, middle segment, three quick calls. Um, you can call about the Yankees. My guess would be if I was going to get a call on the Yankees today, it would be on Hal Steinbrenner. It wouldn't be on the Yankees. Because I don't know what it is to say that's negative other than just stress the positive. Aaron Judge, the Grand Slam, home run number 30. 30 home runs for Aaron Judge. We haven't reached the All-Star break yet. Last time I checked, as I would say, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, I would say it's damn good is what that is. 30 home runs for Aaron Judge. Holy hell. Joey Gallo homered, and he walked. You know what's funny about that was the second inning at bat or the third? I don't remember which one. If you go back and look, I believe he gets the first pitch called a strike and then a ball one, I think on a 1-1 pitch. Then the catcher comes up in the zone. Well, you know what? It might have been 1-0. The catcher comes up in the zone looking for the high fastball. Gallo swings right through it. Next pitch, catcher comes up in the zone. Same pitch. Same swing. Same result. Next pitch, catcher starts out, and I thought this was genius. Not that it probably mattered, but I thought it was cool looking on TV. Catcher starts out low and away. Then he slowly starts to creep up, and he ends up at the top of the zone, up and out, high pitch, right at the letters, Gallo swings and misses. You think, my God, this poor guy. Now, what was interesting about Gallo, and I mentioned how Steinbrenner, Steinbrenner gave him a vote of confidence. Basically says, we believe in him, he's grinding. I'm like, wow. The guy's batting like 150, and he hasn't had a hit in three months. Well, he went out last night, he did get a home run, so you at least feel good for him. Whether you like him or not, as a human being, I would like to think you feel good for him because, my goodness, has he struggled. couple of quickies from Steinbrenner. I'll play these throughout the course of the morning, too. Brian, if my fader can be up, I just want to get to this because we mentioned Judge and the 30 home runs. The guy has been a machine. Tiki Barber's been on this one thought, and he's right. As Judge hits and drives and runs, the Yankees win. When he doesn't, not, not every time. We're not being literal. But when he doesn't, a lot of times they don't win. So last night was another night where he has the grand slam. Now, they were winning anyway. It was 5 nothing. I'm not saying that. But he had himself a big night, all good. He's having himself an enormous season. couple of things from Steinbrenner yesterday. He said that the – because people have talked about, you know, do you think the Yankees would float a contract offer? Even though Judge said he wasn't interested in talking now till the end of the season, you never know. Maybe they float himself a seven-year – who knows how much money to see if you can kind of sneakily do it. Well – Steinbrenner put that to bed yesterday with the media. He said that their negotiations will indeed have to wait till November. They're not talking to him. He doesn't want any distractions. They are going to focus on the task at hand, and that's winning a World Series. That said, 
I thought this was interesting too, and I, I understand why he's doing it because I it's not like he talks often, but I guess a reporter asked him about, well, what if something does happen? Will you at least give us an update once in a while? And he was pretty clear on this. No matter what happens during the season, we're, we're not going to give any updates here. We're just not going to do it. I mean, I completely agreed with Aaron and still do that in no way, shape, or form can this be a distraction. Well, and, and he's not wrong. I mean, because of the way they're playing, you know, they've won, what, 58, 59 games or whatever. They're 59 and 23, I believe it is. Think about that record, 59 and 23. So I get his point. You really don't want to distract or take away from what they're doing because God knows what can happen. All right, fair enough. So then you move on to, if Aaron Judge is put to the side, and we'll get to more of the Steinbrenner sound on Judge coming up in a little bit with Boomer and Geo. You put that to the side and you say, all right, they're 59 and 23. What does this team need? Do they need anything to get themselves over the hump? Now, the trade deadline today is July, what is it, July 7th, I guess it is. So you would think discussions are ongoing. And I'm not even saying he's being truthful here, but just hearing him say this seems kind of weird when he was asked about, you know, trade conversations. I mean, we haven't even sat down to discuss what we're going to do a month from now. But as usual, we're going to look at all options and, um, you know, we're going to figure out where our strengths are, where our weaknesses are. They haven't even, huh? I mean, we haven't even sat down to discuss what we're going to do a month from now. I don't believe that. There's no possible way. Now, you want to tell me that Hal Steinbrenner hasn't sat down with Brian Cashman to take a look at things? Okay, but that's not what he said. At least I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that's what he meant, though. Because Brian Cashman and his guys have got to have been constantly looking at the trade market, constantly looking about where are our weaknesses, how can we improve, because those damn Astros are a pain in our butts, and we need to figure this out. Do we need another outfielder? Do we need another arm, another person in the bullpen? There is no possible way, because I saw a couple of people on on social media yesterday, I don't want to say killing Steinbrenner for that comment, but basically killing Steinbrenner for that comment. And I don't think that that's what he meant. I think he more meant himself. But then again, could be wrong. Don't know. So that having been said, the Yankees have a big fat 14-game lead atop the AL East. They continue to be an absolute machine. They get the Red Sox tonight, start of a nice long four-game series. I'm sure they'll take care of business this weekend as well. And they start with Garrett Cole. So you start with your ace. What was interesting, and this is a little bit of a side note, and it's Boston-related. If you haven't seen this yet, check it out. So Chris Sale, by the way, how do I say it? Worcester? You have any idea, Brian? I have no idea. Because it looks like Worcester, but I think it's Worcester. Oh, you mean in Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah, it's Worcester. All right, so he's playing for the Worcester whatever Sox. I have no idea, but whatever. He's a rehab star. He goes three and two-thirds, and they take him out with the bases loaded after he issued a walk or something. He walks off the field quite calmly. Grabs a bat as he goes down the steps, proceeds to basically knock the crap out of a light that's on the ceiling, walk down the tunnel, and then at the end of the tunnel, he starts ripping stuff off the wall. I, the guy's nuts. This is the same guy who wasn't happy with the throwback uniforms they had to wear in Chicago years back and took scissors to them to make sure that he wouldn't be able to pitch or play in them. I, I, he's a hell of a pitcher. We know that. But there's a screw loose up there. If you haven't seen it, it won't take long to find it. I would say probably just Google Chris Sale. First video that will come up. So he's nearing his return to the Red Sox. He's also nearing his return to a loony bin because I don't know what in the world. I get being upset, but it's a rehab start. I think we can kind of calm down, but so be it. Check that out. 
if you so choose. When we come back, we do have a lot more to do, uh, including Baker Mayfield on the move. But before we do that, three quick calls. That comes up next. We got Boomer and Geo at 6 here on The Fan. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your official station to talk Yankees. Anytime we get up there and we got a chance to hit, do something, you know, we got a chance to win a ball game. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. All right, coming up on 25 After 5 in just a moment. Three quick calls, 877-337-6666. I'll get to you guys in just one second. One thing I failed to mention, though, when discussing the Mets, uh, a lot of credit has to go to the bullpen yesterday or last night, excuse me, because David Peterson stunk. I mean, no offense, but he was awful. I think admittedly he would tell you he was awful last night. And Adonis Medina, Adonis Medina, however you pronounce his first name, was outstanding, getting that final out in the fourth inning and then doing the work that he did. Colin Holderman, okay, he was really good. Then Adovino and Diaz, I think they only gave up one hit over the final six and a third. So that scoreless ball, one hit, you're not even giving the Reds a chance. You're not putting too many guys on base. So the Met bullpen, a big, big assist from last night because without them, they don't at least hang in there and keep that game at a run to where they had the opportunity to tie the game in the ninth and then score the five runs in the tenth and make me and Al winners. Because it's nice being winners once in a while. Anyhow, 877-337-6666. Three quick calls. All right, we're going to start with, I mean, my eyes are terrible. I'm going to say line one, Brian. I believe that's Mark in West Babylon. What's up, Mark? How are you? Good morning, Jerry. What's up? I just would like to make a quick point. Uh, now that... Hal Steinbrenner has more or less laid his cards on the table and said that they maybe they have made a mistake with Aaron Judge. Don't you think it would be a lot easier now if they were to uh, try and sign him during the year? I mean, the Yankees are having a great year. Judge is having a good year. I don't know if I want that distraction going into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't, but I, I mean, get... How do you feel? I, I understand your point. I, I do believe that you could make one run at it during the All-Star break. Now, I know he's going to be involved in that, clearly. But could you offer his agent a big deal? Yes, you could. That having been said, if you've decided that you're not going to do it, then you don't do it. And I don't think it's a distraction in the postseason because I don't think you – like, I guess if the national media makes it a big deal, okay, perhaps it could be a distraction. But I think he is so good with reporters and shutting those talks down – I actually don't think it'll be an issue. The thing that would concern me was his comment 
where he said they are, I can, I'll have to find it, I'll play it for you in a minute, but I'm paraphrasing. He said they're hopeful of re-signing Judge, but discussions have to be had. I mean, hopeful, I boy, I'd, I'd rather hear confident because we're going to make sure that he stays here. Oh, absolutely. I mean, now, like I said, now that he's more or less saying that, hey, we made a mistake, you would think there would be a lot less haggling going into it because, hey, we admitted it. All right, we're willing to come up. So, well, the one thing about but but the one thing Mark about saying a mistake or not, he's just he said no regrets. He used those words. He believes what they offered was a fair deal, as do I, by the way. Especially prior to, so remember this thing about remember about Judge. It was never ever 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 about his talent. I don't believe that, or about what he can do. It's can he stay on the field? Now keep this in mind. He's got, and this is where this can work out to the benefit of the Yankees. He's got 30 home runs right now. The team is cruising at 59 and 23. The concern with Judge is not his production or his talent. It is his health. And can he stay on the field? If he tweaked a lat muscle today or pulled a hamstring or a quad and missed a month, that would go to their point. So it's not about the player and how good he is. For them, it's we're trying to guard against the fact that he might not play every game every year because he's had a, an injury history. And if something does happen, and you hope it doesn't, because quite frankly, I want to see the guy hit 65 home runs. I really do. I'm, I'm no Yankee fan, but I love watching this guy play. And I don't know how you couldn't. He's like something I've never seen. He's six foot God knows what. He's a, he's a mammoth human being, and he's like Stanton in a way that when he swings the bat, it's like he's got a toothpick in his hand, and the ball just jumps off the bat. So I hope he stays healthy because I want to see what this year turns out to be. But it really is a lot about his, his injury history more than anything, and I get that. I totally understand. Steve in Manhattan, caller number two of three. What's up, Steve? All right, Big Jerry and the comedic genius of Al Dukes. Listen, um, Hal is feeling the pressure that the pitchers in Major League Baseball are feeling now because this guy's having a monster season, and he's going he's gonna to demand trial-type money if he goes on, he becomes a free agent. And this is the way I really look at it. You said the All-Star break, come in there with trout money and end it, or you're going to lose this guy. And, Jerry, come on, for everybody this morning, let me just end it with the classic good, good old good old days. Go, Buchanan, go. Go, Buchanan, go. go <laughs> I haven't Buchanan, heard, go. I've not heard that in a long time. <laughs> it was such a good call, too. It was funny. Uh, I cannot. Line four is who, Brian? I can't see that. Who is that? I'm blind. Line four is Robbie and Lake Success. Hi, right, Robin Lake Success, man. My man, what's up? Jerry, number one, a pleasure to talk to you. Here's a couple points I want to make. Kara Lawson, I saw that YouTube video. Great video, isn't it? Fa- fabulous, absolutely fabulous. I agree. Loved it. It's one of the great, one of the great motivational videos of all time. You, anybody who hasn't seen, you got, you got to tune that in. Okay, a couple things. Yankees, you got. I, first of all, I would go, go for Ben Attendee. That's the only move. The I Yankees like that have. name. I, yep, I like that. The only thing the Yankees have to do, number one, you got, and I agree with you, Aaron Judge, he's Babe Ruth, a modern Babe Ruth. This is the best Yankee team, and Stanton is Lou Gehrig. Yeah, I would get rid of Gallo. That's the one piece. Other than that, they're set to go. As far as the Mets go, i got to tell you something. With the Mets, 
This, you know, oh, by the way, the next seven games, you got the, you got the two Sox series coming up, you got the Mets coming up, and you got Houston. Yeah. Real, not that it's a litmus test, but this is the toughest stretch the Yankees probably going to face the rest of the year. As far as the Mets go, when they get uh, when they get the ground back and, and get really super healthy, this team, <laughs> we're looking at a major serious October. Very, very possible Yankees mess, and it's just an, it's one of those crazy years, Jerry. It's you know, really and everything you pretty much say when I listen to you, you're spot on, man. I, which is not maybe not good for talk radio. I agree with ninety percent of you, you, you know your discussions when you whatever you bring up, and always a pleasure. And keep up the great work. Buddy. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Your- Appreciate it. Remember, Pulse of the People defending champ. Well, actually, I'm not anymore. Stu Finer is now. I lost. I had to hand that over. Um, but I, thanks for the nice words. It is a it is a big stretch coming for the Yankees. But you know what? I feel like we've said that now a couple of times, and they've come through with flying colors. I will say this, based on what you just said too, and I agree with you. The year has that feel like it did in 2000, where you just feel like, and I know the Braves are going to have a lot to say about it. The Cardinals might have a lot to say about it. The Astros might have a lot to say about it. As we sit I don't here today, that. okay, I understand. As we sit here today, though, it really feels like these two teams are on a collision course. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know if Jacob DeGrom gets through a half-season healthy. I don't know anything about anything beyond today. But it has the feel that these two teams will be on a collision course. Do I do the fourth call? It's supposed to be three quick calls. You put a fourth one up. I did put a fourth one up. I didn't know if you wanted to pick and choose, so I gave you All right, options. bonus call, bonus call. <laughs> Tom in I, wherever he's from. Where's he from? I can't see that. Tom is from Smithtown. Tom, go. You're the bonus call of the day. What's up, Tom? Hey, Jerry. Thanks for taking a call. You bet. Uh, before I get to my next point, uh, I love the you know the warm-up show. I'm in the car early in the morning Appreciate every day, it. and I love you and, you and Al. You're great together. Thank you. Um, before I make my, uh, my uh, bet point, I just wanted to make a quick point about Judge. I mean, if Judge gets paid, um, do you think he's going to get paid all those years he was that the Yankees offered him, or or is someone going to give him like forty million for like three years? No, years? he'll get more. No, 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 no. He'll get more than that. He'll get more. He'll get more than three years. Even if even if someone wanted to give him forty million a year, I guarantee you he gets at least six out of it. Okay, but I don't know if he's going to get eight uh, as he's getting older. If I, I'll tell you what I would do. I'll tell you what I would do, Tom. If I was the Yankees, even if I had to wait till the end of the season, personally, I would have tried to have done this earlier, but whatever. It is what it is. And even if I made the offer during the All-Star break, even if they don't want to hear it, I might present it to his people. They can look at it and decide if they want to show it to him or not. If I was the Yankees, I might try and do something crazy like... million a year over seven years where we're talking like $270 million. I don't know if he would take it or not, but I would put that out there to him. I would, and I think he's earned it. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's having a monster year. A a quick med point. If the Grom isn't healthy and, you know, is not 100%, could you see the Mets at the deadline trying to find another arm? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, with with their with their new owner, uh, with Steve Cohen, they're not going to sit and rest and rest easy. There's no way. I mean, they a hundred percent. I could see them making a move for another pitcher. I could see the Mets doing everything and anything or nothing. Now, nothing would would shock me, but when I say anything or everything, I could see them making a move for another starting pitcher, bullpen help, another bat, 
100% I could see that because this team has an opportunity, and I think with a fan as an owner, that these opportunities, while you hope they're there every year, you never know from year to year. Right now, right now, as one person once said, they have a great chance in front of them to go out and try and win this thing. And I think they will do everything in their power to do that at the deadline. I do believe that. You know, they might think they're good enough. I would think that that's fool's gold because I think when you look at not the 20 games over 500, they didn't earn it. They did. But because of what the Braves have done, the Cardinals are a pretty good team. You know about the Dodgers. I mean, the whole West is good with the Dodgers. The Padres, to make the playoffs, are good. The Giants are, I mean, the National League is not quite as top-heavy as the American League is with just really just the Yankees and Astros. There are teams in the National League that can win. So I think if you're the Mets, you do not stand pat. You go and get everything you think you need, especially that you have an owner that is willing to do and spend what needs to be spent to get to where they want to go. 5.35, warm-up show till 6. We will come back with some NFL notes, including Baker Mayfield to Carolina. How about that? Also, we'll take a look around the NBA because the rumors continue to swirl and one guy is ticked off. We'll get to that and more than Boomer and Geo at 6 on The Fan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your official station to talk Brooklyn Nets. I was a part about our team. We had so many moving parts that, you know, a lot of us didn't understand exactly what, what the task was for us each night. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. That's painful. Just hearing his voice like that is painful. Ugh. All right, warm-up show till 6 o'clock. Al and Jerry, Al in, I believe he's still in Atlantic City. Could be home now. I'm not sure. He was there yesterday, though. Uh, He will return off his very lengthy vacation with Eddie on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. Um, They've been off since what? I guess since Friday. Yeah, so good for them, as they like to say. Uh, A couple of things here as we get you to Boomer and Geo at 6 o'clock. So Baker Mayfield, the trade finally happened yesterday as the Browns agreed to send him to Carolina. Uh, interesting, I thought, really, you give up next to nothing. It's basically a conditional draft pick that could be the fourth or fifth round. This was like the number one pick just a few years ago, um, and it's in 2024. So you're not even giving up a draft pick next year. It is a 2024 conditional draft pick based on the amount of snaps he takes or whatever. Not only that, the Panthers only have to pay out $4.8 million of his salary. The Browns owe 10.5 this year. So it is a win-win for Carolina. The interesting thing about the move was the reaction because the first thing you saw online really wasn't about Baker Mayfield going to Carolina. It was about Robbie Anderson, who I guess when this was rumored months ago, he tweeted out in response, N-O-O-O-O-O-O-O, something like that. And then he had to then answer for that tweet to where he basically came out and said, listen, I'm just supporting my quarterback who's here. The guy's not on the team. You know, I want to be a good teammate. And so people went after him on social media yesterday, as you can imagine. And he defended himself by saying, I wrote the quote down somewhere. Uh, Let's see. No, I didn't actually. 
Well, what are you going to do? He Something along the lines of, oh, yeah, and here it is. He tweeted out yesterday, quote, I don't have an issue with Baker. Stop trying to paint that narrative. Well, the problem is you painted the narrative and everybody ran with it. So anyway, so that was the big movement. You got now Mayfield and you got Sam Darnold in Carolina. That will be a very interesting dynamic down there. We'll see who wins the job uh, come opening Sunday, which, by the way, I hate to say this, just because you – we love the summer, and we love and, and value these summer days. But today's July 7th. In 12 days, 12, there are NFL camp players starting to report to NFL camps. Not all of them, but I believe the Giants are a July 19th report date, for instance. So once that happens and you start seeing these guys in training camp and then you start seeing the Hall of Fame game come up and then all of a sudden you get to mid-August – here we go with the NFL season, which is crazy to think because you still got these wonderful summer days ahead of you. But yeah, we're that close to the NFL season. All right, I don't have a lot of time, so let's get to the NBA because this is like the gift that keeps on giving in terms of there's something that happens within the league every day that's interesting. Now, nothing is happening along the lines of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, though everything I am reading is telling me that the Nets are literally not going to give in and they are going to wait as long as they have to to get a package of players and picks that they so choose and so desire. I really do believe, I'm not saying it's going to happen, I do believe, though, there is a chance that those two play in Brooklyn next season. Now, I don't think it's a good chance, but I think there's a legit chance that it could happen because, A, the rules of the NBA, as we discussed yesterday, are make it a little bit prohibitive for them to make trades for players they like, because of these rookie contract extension, again, I don't, I don't understand all the rules. The, the NBA salary situation is so convoluted. I'm not even sure the beat reporters get it, and they study this stuff. Um, so I don't know that the right deal is out there for them, especially when Toronto continues to say no, Scotty Barnes, no, Scotty Barnes. Well, guess what? No, Kevin Durant. Then fine. <laughs> you don't want, you don't want to give him up. Well, you're not getting Kevin Durant. That's the way that goes. I don't know that he's going to end up in Phoenix because they don't seem to be interested in DeAndre Ayton. Um, The one interesting name that keeps popping up now, but with the Knicks, not the Nets, and I I think I saw him link to the Durant thing too, but I don't think it's possible because of all the rules and stuff. But it would be to the Knicks is this Donovan Mitchell situation in Utah. And while it looked like what they were trying to do is build, start over and build around him, I don't have the tweet on me, but he had some sort of cryptic tweet yesterday something along the lines of, you know, tear you down to build you back up or something. And you almost wonder if he's not really interested in that right now. And so you start to hear the rumblings of, could there be a Donovan Mitchell trade? We know the guy is always in New York. We understand that. Do the Knicks get involved? Can they pry him away? Because if they do that, boy, now you got something this offseason. And that would be intriguing, no doubt. One other one, which I found hilarious. Now, P.J. Tucker was with the Miami Heat. He opted out of this year to sign a three-year deal with the 76ers. Fair to say the 76ers and Heat are rivals. He then took to Instagram to, you know, write a nice thank you to the Heat and their fans for his time in Miami. To which Jimmy Butler decided to reply and respond. And it was... Bleep you and Joel Embiid. Yeah, I brought him into this. I love the NBA. I, I, it's a sad commentary, but it's true. The NBA in the offseason is better than the NBA regular season. I mean that. 
It's like the NBA regular season has become so blah. The game, in my opinion, the game stinks. It's basically cross midcourt and chuck. That's what it is. That's what it's become. The good teams, the good shooting teams, they're going to win. They're going to be in the playoffs. And then things get ratcheted up a little bit. But the NBA regular season is brutal. I'll tell you, this offseason, though, has been an absolute blast. It's taken over. Back in the day, I used to remember when we would get to November, December, January. You know, we talk about Mike and the Mad Dog. We had Chris on on, on Friday. Sal and I did. And you, you go back into the day and you think about the hot stove baseball season. And I used to remember how they would talk about the Mets or the Yankees, you know, giving their fans that that baseball gift under the Christmas tree if they would make a deal right before the Christmas season. And the baseball hot stove season, for some, probably had more of an appeal than the season itself. And that's where we are right now with the NBA. All this stuff going on in the NBA almost makes you forget that the product's not that good right now. And what's bizarre about that comment is the talent level is better than it's ever been. Guys can shoot from everywhere, and they do it, and they make it look easy. That's how good they are. And yet the effort level, the rest days, although that's kind of calmed down in recent years, it just takes away from what the product could be. But this offseason stuff has been awesome. It really has. Now, because of what's going on with Durant and Kyrie Irving, well, mostly Durant, I shouldn't even say Kyrie Irving, what's going on with Kevin Durant has pretty much stalled a lot in the league. Um, but that said, the Durant stuff, whether you like him or not, whether you're a Net fan or not, whether you're in New York or not, whether you're in, you could be in San Francisco and be a fan of the Warriors, he's got NBA fans talking all over the place. And it's amazing to me, too, the disdain people have for him and really the way he gets talked about because he's such a great player. I mean, he, and watching him every day, like I've had the opportunity to here, you know, with Brooklyn the last couple of years, you really see it even more so than you might have otherwise when he was playing in a different set. I mean, hell, when he was in Oklahoma City, when you ever watch him, you didn't. You watch highlights. Golden State may be a little different, but those games are on at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, you saw the national games and you saw him in the postseason, but watching him every day like we did in Brooklyn when he was healthy – he really was something to watch. And he's got this league right now at a standstill. And again, it's going to be very difficult for other teams to make moves if they think they've got a chance to get him because I do not think this will be settled anytime soon. Now, I know Funhouse has fun with Mike, and Mike sometimes makes predictions, a lot of times, and gets them wrong. I could be very wrong about this. But with what I have read the last few days and the thinking of the Nets, my guess would be that nothing gets done. Nothing gets done until at least we get to training camp where it's time to actually report or not report. Maybe at that point, the Nets decide, all right, you know what? We've got to make a move. And the last thing from the NBA, which I guess good for him, whatever, but not bad when you really don't play like ever. <laughs> Zion Williamson got his contract yesterday. He can make up to $231 million over the next five years. I mean, come on. I think he's guaranteed 193. I understand why they did it. You have to do it. But can the guy get out on the floor and play before he's rewarded for doing absolutely nothing? Yeah, these rules, man. Good to be an NBA player. But then again, there's only a select few that can do it, and that's why they get paid what they get paid. Uh, when we come back, we will wrap things up. We'll get you to Boomer and Geo. We've got a big night in the NHL. How about that? What does that mean? I will tell you next. Uh, yes, I am. Yes, thank you. 
Um, I will tell you that when we come back on the other side. We also have the NHL schedule released. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point during the course of the morning. And also coming up with a Boomer and Geo later, we have some weird audio from Florida that is not sports-related, but you want to hear it. I'll just say that. Right now on Odyssey Sports Minute, her name is Amy Lawrence. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Welcome back. we got a couple more minutes to get you to Boomer and Geo. Yankees blasted the Pirates last night. Mets beat the Reds. Nice comfort behind win. Five runs in the 10th inning. you got the Mets and Marlins tonight. Yankees in Boston tonight as well. And, yes, Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a little bit of a plug here. Yesterday I did the podcast with uh, Brian Rascona. Today I will do it with Mike Flegelman. So give it a listen. During the podcast yesterday, I bring it up because G's in the studio now and G played golf yesterday. I asked Brian Rascona, best golfer he's played with here at the fan. He didn't really give me an answer because he hasn't played with too many people. But then I went to worst player you've played with that's from the fan. And without hesitating, he said... JJ. Right. And Not then even you, close. And then you described him as... The worst golfer I've ever seen at the station. <laughs> no, but you said brutal. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah, no, it's excruciating. So that lends me to this question. Giannotti's better, and he just started. No way. Oh, no, no. Absolutely not. No, no, I, would be, I would believe that. 150%. How? He plays that. all the time. It's impossible for you I to be this bad. 100% believe that because I saw you play a couple weeks ago, yeah. and you don't look – yes, you look like a beginner. Don't get me wrong. But you don't look like someone that has no idea what they're doing. And you don't have an unorthodox swing. My guess is from talking to him that J.J. swings the club a little bit oddly. Well, apparently he looks at his backswing. He does everything the odd. the entire backswing. Yeah, that's weird, He too. turns his head and looks he at the club drops, face. He also drops, he said, four and five balls. Oh, it, really? Can't do that. His club face is completely open at a dress. I've never seen anything like it. Well, maybe he wants to hit the ball right. <laughs> That's and possible. He and he does. I'm sure he does. My point is, you look like someone who's learning how to play, but doing it the right way. Okay. I'll you take actually that. look like you know what you're doing. And you went out there and had some really good shots. Yeah. I'm curious. WFAN and WFAN well, FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.